29th of January 2022 will go down as a dark day in the history of Fulham Football Club. We at Fulham Focus haven't recorded anything until now as it hasn't felt right to talk either about football or the events of that day on a podcast as entertainment following the passing of Paul Parrish. His daughter Claire is a close friend of mine and of some of the other lads and it felt right to take a break for a little while. Paul epitomises what Fulham's all about and that's quite simply family. It's been heartwarming to see how football and human beings have come together to support Paul's family at this, the worst of times, and it's made me proud to be a Fulham fan. As part of her dad's legacy, Claire's asked me to say that from the beginning of March, the family will be offering a seat in H6 for people who are down on their luck, may not have the money to go to football, or to those who are alone and have nobody to go to football with. All you need to do is contact Claire on Twitter, at LittleClarePom. Rest in peace, Paul. The last week and a half has been incredibly emotional and what a way to mark Paul's life as the players headed towards the Hammersmith end at the end of the game to celebrate a 3-0 win with Claire and Fliss. Mitro scored a brace and Bobby Reid added a third as the Whites moved three points closer towards clinching the championship title. My name's Matt, I've got Stato and Don with me. Lads, give me your thoughts. Yeah, it was a it was an emotional evening. It, it was just, you know, I think all, everything that we saw before, during and after the game was really heartwarming to see. And, you know, it made you feel good to be a Fulham fan. You know, it's nice that we won, but, you know, last night the score was irrelevant, really. And it was just nice to see the club all come together with the fans, with the players. And, yeah, it was, it was just it was just a nice it was just a nice thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what a club. I mean, you obviously French you know Claire and her family better than I do but um from from my perspective and from what you've told me about um the way the club has been since since you know the tragic event they've gone above and beyond um obviously you know it's a terrible terrible thing to happen um but the, the things that have come out of it um there's been some some shining lights you know some amazing people in the club um some really good gestures and even in the world of football you know it's been recognized so um great way to mark it with the with the win as well so i mean yeah so as, as the game itself i mean for most teams a 3-0 win you'd probably celebrate it like it was like, like you've hammered the other team but but it was sort of run of the mill really from us wasn't it i mean we've we've we had we had a lot more to give we had more levels to reach didn't need them um mill you know fought back in the second half a little bit but we were, we were just too strong as the canter, uh, straightforward victory. So, yeah, good to good to get back to winning ways. Yeah, completely agree. And I don't want to talk about that situation uh, in public any more than that message that I put at the the beginning of the podcast, which which I agreed with Claire beforehand. So let's let's get back to talking uh, talking about the football. Well, there was a league debut for Neko Williams at right back as he came in for the departed Dennis Adoy. Before we go any further, lads. Let's have a word on Dennis, whose deadline day departure was a surprise, but what a Fulham career he's had from bouncing on the crossbar at Wembley twice to scoring the goal to take us to Wembley. Um, that back trick in his first game, he is, he is a bit of a legend, isn't he? Cult hero, I think, is like, it's a word that gets yeah. thrown around a lot in football, but he definitely fits that definition of it. 
I remember that first game against Newcastle was so well, so, so well. When I, and maybe because it was, a, it was the first game of the season, it was Friday night, it was Newcastle just been recently relegated. But the fact that the big highlight of that was just that weird back like rotation thing that he did, that just kind of set the precedent for him. And, you know, he, he was just a character. He was a great character to have at the club. And it was a really, it was a really, really big surprise when he left. I wasn't, I wasn't expecting it at all. You know, it's not like he wasn't playing at all. He was playing regularly. He was, you know, pushing Tete to the limit in that right back spot. Um, but you know, obviously, if you look at the business behind it, it did kind of make sense. Um, but yeah, it's a real shame he's gone. He was a consistent performer, and yeah, I think you know, most if not everyone at here who's here at Fulham will just miss him really. Yeah, I mean, we've we've had some cult heroes, haven't we, uh, at Fulham? Um, surprisingly high number of right backs as well. If you think of you know, John Pantsil and uh, Moritz Volz, um, but he, he's he's probably at the top of that list. I, I mean, he, he was obviously he's, he's a decent player as well. I, I, you know me; I've been critical in the past of of Dennis' visibility, but you know, there's there's no questioning his his character and and what a good good player to have around the squad that he was. Um, yeah, he, he's always going to be the scorer of that goal in the playoff final. He was always going to be the bloke who <laughs> got sent off and then celebrated on the crossbar in a in a playoff final. You know, there's there's no one else. You can't picture anyone else in the squad we've had in the in the last five years who who even comes close to being that sort of character. So, yeah, I wish him well. I was, when when I saw the rumours, I thought maybe it's a kind of he's thinking ahead to the end of the season. Um, he's obviously not going to be playing much in the Premier League and it'll be the right sort of time to move on. I wasn't expecting it on deadline day, but, you know, there's there's he's got to do what he's got to do and um, it, it worked for both parties. So, yeah, best of luck to him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, completely good luck to him. It's, it's a damn shame that he left. I just woke up in the middle of the night uh, on transfer deadline night, if you like, um, and just saw that we got uh, Neko Williams in I don't know if it's Neko or Nico. We talked about this before. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure we'll figure it out eventually. Um, and then it said, and the club can confirm Dennis Adoy's departed. Oh, I can't believe that. Like you guys just said, uh, he's in the team, and and he's a really good option to have because he can play anywhere across the back. But you know, it obviously suited everybody, and he he goes with um, with his head held high, and he's he's had a brilliant brilliant time at Fulham, really, hasn't he? What what he's achieved. So good luck to the guy. Um, moving on then, Anthony Robinson returned to the Fulham team in defence and Nathaniel Chalaber returned in place of Harrison Reed, which was slightly surprising, wasn't it, for this game? Robinson looked a little bit rusty, but Chalaber had a decent enough game, didn't he? I've, I've been a big fan of Chalaber um, since he's come in and he's, he's only had sporadic appearances because of injury and because we have Reed and Seri and Kearney ahead of him. I mean, you look at those four, they are four fantastic midfield options they are so, so good. And Chalibur's come in and had an exceptional game uh, against Millwall. And it's, it's it's a bit of a headache for Silver, really. You have all four of them. Who, who's your strongest midfield for two? Who do you pick? Who do you keep on the bench? It's a, it's a tough, tough game. But Chalibur yesterday, he, he was exceptional. I, I felt like he was just everywhere, everywhere on the pitch. He was shielding the ball. He was getting forward. He was spraying the passes. It was really, really good to see. And it goes to show that we do have that squad depth. You know, it was a classic midweek game. We've had a period in January, January where we were playing Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. So a bit of rotation was probably needed. Harrison Reed, we love him, but you know he's 
is a bit injury prone every now and then. So a bit of rotation was good to see. It was good to see Chalaba come in. And yeah, I've no idea what Silva does for Hull now in terms of that midfield with all four of them just in great form at the moment. Yeah, he's put himself in contention to start, hasn't he? Um, he looked good before he got injured earlier in the season. Just was just getting up to speed and then obviously set back. Um, but they're, they're all different options. As you said, we've got four fantastic options. And they're all, you know, you've got, you compare him, obviously he's coming in place of Reed. It's a different game he plays. He's he's better with the ball, I would say. He's a, a sort of a calming presence in possession. He's not quite the sort of, the bulldog that, that Harrison Reed is, ball winner, not not quite the same sort of player. But you know, then you can switch in Seri, who if, if you need to control the game from from just in front of the back four, you've got the playmaker there to do that. Tom Kenny obviously linking up the attack. It, it's it's four really good options. It's a really incredibly strong strong group of players to have at this level. And just just imagine any other team in the in the league not starting Harrison Reed or Seri and leaving them on the bench. It's just you know, don't know why the team is doing that. Well, the 11th minute of the game was always going to be a super emotional moment as the ground rose to its feet to applaud Paul's life, which was impeccably observed by both sets of fans. 18 minutes later, Mitro opened the scoring with his 29th goal of the season in the 29th minute. Good work from Williams down the right for this one, wasn't it? I'm going to, I'm just going to refer to him as Williams for the time being until I learn how to, to say his first name. Um, but he did well and, you know, Mitro doesn't miss from there, does he? No, 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 not at all. Um, so, Neko Williams, we, we talked about this in the pod chat earlier about whether he had a really good, we, we'll say debut, like it's a league debut. We, we don't count City because he was just a typical FA Cup game. It was, there, was a, there was a debate going on. Did he have a good league game? And I think it could be split into two kind of broad distinctions. And that is when he was getting forward and attacking, he was he was exceptional. He was great. Like some of the balls he was putting in were really, really good to see. Um, and for this goal, that was a clear chance there. He got forward well. He cut down cut down across that byline and got the ball across goal. That was really good. And there was this defending where it was a bit suspect and he kind of got away with a few things there thanks to our defence and Rodak. But overall, I think he had a good game and this goal was kind of a good introduction for him, good introduction um, for him, really. It was, you know, it was, it was a nice bit of play down that right. And like you said, Mitro doesn't miss. It was a, like that ball to get across the goal we got a bit lucky with the middle players missing a few of the, missing a few of those crosses, but overall, Mitro just does what Mitro does. He's a striker. He's an instinctive striker. He's just in that right place at that right time to put that ball away. And yeah, it was it was a tapping really, and it was a well deserved go at that point in the game. Mitro straight over to the Millwall fans to celebrate as always. He's got he's got a uh, a lovely little relationship with them. Oh, he loves it, doesn't he? Loves it. <laughs> it's great to see, isn't it? Because you just. It's not only is he so good, but he knows it as well. And he, I mean, that's his. I think that's six goals now he's scored against them um, in the championship. He just loves he loves to bag against them, and they know he's so good. They know he scores against them, but they try and put him off and try and wind him up. And then you know, less than half an hour, there we go, one nil, straight over to him. You know, I, I like to see Fabio Cavalli always getting involved in winding up the opponents as well. <laughs> it's, uh, he's got he's got his big brother of Mitro to to defend him if any of them come on the pitch, of course. But but you know, it, it's good to see. And um, Mitro is just so full of confidence right now. And yeah, where where does he stop? How many does he get? Exactly. Well, just after half time, it was two nil, and the game was all but over, wasn't it? Taught me through Mitro's thirtieth goal of the season, Stato. 
30 goals in 29 games. I, it, that's just mad. Is that like, I, I can't believe, I, I knew the season would be good like, from that first game with all that attacking football. Yeah, we got a draw against Millwall, but you just knew something special was going to happen. And I, I, I remember you, know, you said, you said, French, it's like, oh, because Mitro didn't play that first game, I don't think, or he was injured or he didn't play all of it. He says, oh, he's going to get a bucket full of goals in this league. And sure enough, here we are, like in February, you're doing 30 goals. And that second goal, a bit scrappy, not going to lie. <laughs> there was a bit of ping pong going on in the in the box. And I think it was a right-footed ring cross that kind of started it all. And again, came down to Cavallio and it, like, it kind of bumped around a bit. But again, just goes to show that Mitra's always in that right place at that right time. I think Cavallio did well there. And it just shows, it just goes to show they have a great partnership going on at the moment. Mitro up top, Cavallio just behind him. And, you know, that front four that we have is so functional at the moment. It, and, you know, that goal is kind of a great byproduct of that. You know, it wasn't wasn't the finest goal of the season by any stretch of the imagination. But because, you know, these players are so well drilled and they, they just know how to be in those right places and to, you know, kind of get those, get those percentages, it just works in our favour all the time. And, you know, it kind of killed the game after that. I need to pick you up on one thing there, mate. Actually, you said it's 30 goals in 29 games, but Mitro didn't play against Derby or Stoke, so it's Ooh. actually 30 in 27 games. So it's even more Ooh. impressive. <laughs> I, I rescind the name of Stato, I do. <laughs> I, need, I, need, I need a new name. Any, any recommendations? <laughs> I don't know. One or two, mate. I'm sure, I'm sure there's plenty, plenty, of, uh, plenty of suggestions. But um, you, you, you mentioned Fabio Carvalho there, of course, and... We, we need to talk about the fact that he very nearly left the club on deadline day. It sounds like the deal was all agreed for him to go to Liverpool when he was having his medical in London. But the, the hold up was or, or the snag was that he was coming back to us on loan for the rest of the season. And that part of the deal wasn't done in time. So the deal collapsed. Chances are it's probably still going to happen. Uh, at some point, whether he signs a pre-contract agreement with Liverpool or whatever, he clearly wants to go. And let's be honest, why wouldn't he want to go? But it doesn't seem to have negatively impacted his form. He had a good game against City and he had another good game against Millwall, Dom, didn't he? He did, yeah. I thought he was actually excellent against Millwall. Um, just watching his development this season has been has been something special because he started and we could see we could all see what what a good talent he was, um, and he showed he showed in spells throughout games that he, that he was destined for for bigger things, but. But now, you know, half a season later, more than half a season later, he's he's absolutely pivotal part of this attack, and he's he, we're not going to be able to replace him. I mean, there's that there's that slim one percent chance I'm clinging on to that by us maybe getting promoted early uh, before the end of the season and playing in in a team where he's he, he's showing his stuff and he's in the Premier League. There's 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 a tiny chance that he might he might he might sign. Obviously, it's it's more more likely than not he's gonna he's gonna go elsewhere because he's probably gonna have the pick of teams now, isn't he? Um, but but it, it would be a real shame because he's now irreplaceable. I would say at the beginning of the season you're like, well, he's a good player, but we had that spell of games where he didn't play and we did well anyway. But but now you think he's we're definitely going to be weaker without him. Um, you know that that he's got that that movement and that ability to find space and when he gets the ball defenders don't know if he's going left or right they don't know whether to try and get the ball first or, or back off 
and he gets around them anyway you know and it's just it's just brilliant to watch and he's he's a special talent um, wherever he goes he's he's going to he's going to start games at, at any team at any level before long i would say he's that good um yeah it's a shame hopefully we can keep holding for a bit longer but yeah chances are chances yeah, are this is it the thing is, if I agree that he's irreplaceable, but that is not necessarily a bad thing because when we get promoted to the Premiership, the swashbuckling attacking football that we're playing is not going to happen. And if, you know, Silver will know this, and I'm sure Bloody the players will know this. <laughs> okay, in, so, in some instances, we will. Like, if there will be some chance at games where we'll be playing an opposition and we'll be the better team and we'll demolish them but probably for the majority it won't be like that so you know losing him is going to be bad but obviously whoever we get in as a replacement and then whoever we sign over the summer will be a different type of player they will have a different profile to what we need to stay up so you know it's a shame that we'll lose him and it's a giant shame but it won't be a case of that we're going to have to we'll have to find a better than or a like for like replacement we'll just need to find a different type of footballer that will play a different style of football when we get to that point Andre that Frank and Boangisa yeah <laughs> bring back Shirley <laughs> Angisa is all about the Premier League isn't he as soon as we're back up there again <laughs> it'll be there good door back. straight down <laughs> yeah I'm back lads where do you want me get in the bin boy <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> there were no more goals until the 87th minute, which may be slightly surprising, but Bobby Reed tapped home from close range. Um, oh God, I forget, was it another Carvalho cross, wasn't it, I think, that, that he stuck away. Millwall manager Gary Rowett complained that Bobby was offside. Does he have a point? This is where, like, the championship benefits from not having VAR. Some decisions will go your way, some don't, and that's that's football for you. I mean, I haven't He's seen rolling the rolling all the cliches. It's a big cliche. I'm just watching the goal now, actually, and I've only seen it in that one camera angle that we saw um, that you see normally, and it's really hard to tell if he is offside. So yeah, he's on. He's on. Well, Gary Rowett could see it quite clearly from the halfway line at ground level. So <laughs> well, two yards, apparently. He wasn't even. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't even watching, was he? Oh, he's, he's well point. on. He is well on the side. I've, I've managed to hit pause at the right time, and uh, he's well on. There's not. There's nothing to complain about, Gary. You know. Get in the bin, go away. You're done. Like <laughs> he's well on side. Has has there, has there ever been a manager quite as complaining as Gary Rowett? Because he's, uh, he's quite impressive, isn't he? <laughs> Warnock, yeah, but Warnock is sort of, and he's sort of earned that. What, 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 kind what, what of be, word could we kind use of be to a character of himself, Warnock. right? What word yeah. do we use to describe Neil Warnock? I'm first scratching my head here. There's a few. Uh, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a gentle one, isn't it, to describe describe Neil Warner? Yeah, it's the it's, it's but, the right right the right first letter at least. <laughs> 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 oh dear! All right, all right. Let's move on. That it, that was nice. It was nice to get a third goal. I think that kind of um, did did highlight our dominance. There were a couple of chances that that Mill, Millwall did have. Rodak did very well to save from Jed Wallace. Um, and also from Benikafobi, made a couple of good saves. On another night, Millwall could have had a goal or two. I think the the Jed Wallace chance um, was created by um, by the fact that Williams slipped over on the halfway line and gave the ball away. Um, Anthony Robinson was a bit mm, 
a bit generous with the ball at times, giving the ball away. Um, but he's an easy target, and I think um, when he's been in the side recently, he's been he's been pretty good for us as well. So I'm, I'm not gonna not gonna be too critical of anyone. I mean, we won three nil, um, so it's it's very difficult to criticise. Back to the top of the league, back to the top of the league, but back to how many points clear is it now? We are I've lost count. And, I'm, and well, I, to be honest, I don't even care how many points clear we are anymore. I'm so confident that we're going to win the league, and we're gonna we're gonna do it comfortably. I mean, Bournemouth, as we're recording, so we're recording on Wednesday night, Bournemouth are currently 2-0 up against Birmingham um, at home. So um, it looks like they're going to reduce that uh, deficit back down to six points, is it? But, you know, it's only a matter of time before before we go further ahead, in, in my opinion. I, I think I think we're far too good for, for any of the teams in this division. Um, and I hope I'm not proved wrong at the end, but we, we shall see. In this game, I felt like we were always in control of the game and we could have stepped up our performance level at any point that we needed to. We just didn't need to, lads, did we? That's the bottom line. No, I mean, like I said at the start, it was kind of you cruise to a 3-0 win and it's, it's, it almost feels like that's the bare minimum expectation now. Mm. It's like, oh, the, whist- the whistle blew and obviously you're like, well, yeah, fair enough. It's like... You, in previous seasons, you're punching the error at a three 0 win, and it's sort of it's very quickly become, well, yeah, fair enough. We've won seven nil twice already. Three nil is sort of <laughs> not below par, but but certainly expected, and um, it just shows how much, as you said, how much stronger we are than than the rest of the league. Um, mm. I'm not I'm not concerned particularly either. I think you know Blackburn have been having a been a purple patch, and they'll drop off. Yeah. Uh, Bournemouth. Bournemouth will probably come second, but I can't imagine they'll be that close to us come the end of the season. We're just we're just strong, and we've got a team that's united. We've got a manager who is getting the very best out of this group of players. We, we're playing the perfect style of football for this group of players. So, yeah, let's, let's just keep going. Let's do, let's do it as quickly as we can. Mm. Let's break records. Let's yeah, completely agree with you. Let's not forget as well that last season we scored nine goals at home all season. Always important to remember that when you're absolutely smashing teams three, four, five, six, seven nil every week and getting bored of like, oh, it's only three nil this week. Just remember how shit it was last season. Fine margins, in it. Fine margins. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> Fine margins, really. Um, <laughs> poor old Scotty. <laughs> Well, as I said, Bournemouth and Blackburn are are both playing as we record. But at this point, I don't really care what they're doing. We're winning our matches and we're steamrolling our way to getting our paws on the trophy. It's just a matter of when we're going to do it. And I've said for a little while now, since that Middlesbrough game was rearranged, I feel like that's going to be the night we get promoted. I think we still have six games to go after that. So that would would mean us being 18 points clear at that point, um, which I think is doable. Um, ideally, I'd love to love to get promoted the, the game before away at QPR. That would, that would be perfect, wouldn't it? But I think that being 21 points clear might be a bit of a stretch. But I certainly think it's going to be around about that time. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, so I think after we played all our games in January, I looked at the point, I looked at how many points we had, and it was just a case of, oh, we more or less just need 10 points per month now until the end of the season. 10 points in February, 10 points in March, 10 points in April, and then there's one game in May, so you don't count that. And we've already, we've already got three points down for Feb. And, yeah, we're just going to keep battering teams now, I think. I, I look at our February fixture list now, Hull, Huddersfield, Peterborough, Cardiff. 
I'm not worried about any of those in the slightest. I'm baffled that Huddersfield are in the playoffs, to be honest. I, I, I don't know how they managed to get there. Uh, Hull and Peter on Cardiff, they're, they're down there. They're not doing much at the moment. There might be odd bananas. It is the championship. Let's not forget this. Let's not get too complacent. Like Anything can happen. And we may we may well draw one of those games, but overall, so what if we draw or lose one? We'll just win the rest. Like it's it's Silver's got this team so well drilled, it's just gonna happen. And you know, I'm let's see, uh QPR, like I said, six games away. I would be optimistic, but I'd love to see it personally. Um I reckon it won't I reckon it'll be two games later. I I, I can see it happening at Coventry at home, I reckon. That's my guess. But yeah, it's it's just really good to see. And it's really refreshing to see that we're just winning games and we're winning them convincingly. Yeah, my, my, my preference would be Bournemouth away. Um, just too because late, that would... Yeah, it's too late in the season. But if at the same time it could consign Bournemouth to the playoffs or something like that, it would be quite, it would be really quite sweet. Um <laughs> But I, 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 we don't want to do it in Middlesbrough. Do we? No one wants to celebrate anything in Middlesbrough. I it's, think that would be. Like... I, I think that would be a decent away day because it's it's half term week, um, for a lot of people. Yeah. So I think that if if there's potential for us to go up and get promoted on that night, I think we'll have a good crowd up there for that. It's been a it's been a long time since I went since I went to Middlesbrough and it's absolute mm. shithole. But winning the <laughs> winning the championship there would. Would make up for that, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, it definitely but, um, would. Yeah, it definitely would. Yeah, it's funny we're talking already about how at what point we we do it. Um, yeah, there can't be many. It feels a bit complacent, but there can't be many fans who are expecting us to do anything other than win the league now. Surely, we just we are just too good, and it sounds it sounds really arrogant and cocky. But you know, we've we've watched enough games now. We've we've played twenty nine games this season, and we're just head and shoulders, aren't we? And as we said from the very, very beginning of the season as well, just our strength in depth is is what makes us stand out from everybody else as well. As you said earlier, Seri on the bench, um, you know, it's uh, Harrison Reed on the bench. It's, it's an incredible lineup. So, all right. Well, it's Holloway next. They were showing some decent form up until last weekend when they lost at home to Preston. Then they lost to Derby midweek as well. They're in a period of transition as they had their takeover recently and then subsequently booted manager Grant McCann out. They've been hovering around the kind of bottom end of the table all, all season, but I think they're, they'll, they'll have enough to, to stay up this season given you know who's, who's cut adrift at the bottom at the moment. How do you guys see the game going? I think what we, I think we can see more or less a repeat of the Millwall game. I, I'd imagine that. I can see it happening. We're not going to play particularly well. But that doesn't matter. But we'll still get like a two, three, nil win, I reckon. Or we might concede two, one, three, one, I reckon. It'll be something like that. Um, I've just noticed that they are near the bottom, but they are still 12 points clear. So, you know, I don't think they're in any danger. They've got quite a young squad by the looks of things as well. It's, yeah, it's a very interesting time to be a whole fan, I think, it's particularly with the new manager who. I recognise the name. He's played for, he was a striker for Rangers. I don't know if anyone remembers that. Shota Arvalazzi. Nope. Nope. That's fine. Yeah. Hey, it's, it's a blast from the past. Um, no idea what his manual credentials are like, but they've lost the last two. And yeah, this is just a typical game against championship lower table fodder that, you know, we just need to get the result against just to, you know, make sure we can keep the consistency going and we can keep the momentum up. 
yeah i mean <laughs> it, it's funny isn't it because we say oh we're not we're not playing that well but i suppose if you ask millwall fans and you ask the neutral fans watching that game last night probably would say that we did play well because we still created quite a few chances and we we dominated possession and we weren't really troubled were we so by all accounts that's that's a good performance um but yeah i think the only the only slight concern about the whole game is it's um we've just got to hope dylan's mate uh ryan longman isn't it we've got to hope that he doesn't do us over he he did us a big favor by getting the winner against bournemouth the other week um yeah you know they 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 picked up a few results but generally they're not they're not playing or well. they got smashed by derby you've got to look at this as another win and probably another if not comfortable but at least you know at least a two goal win um there's there's not really many teams in this league that we should be concerned about anymore and Hull, Hull certainly aren't one of them mm. we've had some interesting games up there haven't we i think we won the last one this this is from memory now um i haven't i haven't Taking the time to research it this time, but Caviero scored in a one nil win under Scott Parker, I think. Um, maybe around about this time of year, actually. Um, I remember under under Slav there was that two all when everybody's favourite AK forty seven banged in uh, banged in a brace. Um, were we two nil down in that game as well? I feel like we might have been, and uh, he got a couple of late goals to get us back into it. And the only time I've I've been to Hull before was the first time Hull were in the Premier League. We played them on the opening day of the season when uh, when Sol scored for us and gave us the lead, and then somehow managed to lose. Um, but I'm going up on Saturday, going up with uh, with Wigo and um, and with Danny actually on the train and Danny's dad. So um, should be uh, should be a, a decent little day out, and hopefully, yeah, we'll uh, we'll do something good. So um, let's talk about the lineup. Do you see any changes? Maybe Harrison Reed coming back into the side. Maybe Seri in for Kearney to give him a rest. What, what do you think? Well, defence will stay the same, I'd imagine. I don't think Tete's back to full fitness yet. So William stays. Robinson will probably stay. We'll come to midfield in a minute. The front four. Well, we'll come to midfield now because the front four is not going to change either. I can't imagine. So it is really that midfield too. Who who plays? So. Chalabo and Kearney, they played very well. There's no grounds to drop them, but, you know, it's Harrison Reid. He, if he's fit, you play him. And at the same time, Seve's back from AFCON and he was so good before he left. So how does he get back into the team? Personally, I think Kearney will get a rest. He's played a lot lately and he's done very well to keep going and keep it up at this level. But I think I think he'll get a rest now and we'll see Seve come back into the fold. And I think I think it'll be Seve and Reid pers- uh, personally, but Honestly, your guess is as good as mine. So, what you you mentioned a minute ago, but I could, I don't, I wouldn't be that surprised uh, if Ivan Cavallero started this one. Um, Cabano, what's up? Excuse me. (laughs) I wouldn't be surprised. Cabano's played like what every minute on the left in this whole run in January. Uh, he's played a lot of a lot of minutes, and Wigo's going to hate me for this. I'm not saying I want it to happen by any means. I could see him starting. Who knows? We, I think you know we've we've got we've got players who potentially on paper could do a job, and he's one of them. Um, and Cabana's played a lot of a lot of game time, and I, I I dare say he his level has maybe dropped off slightly. It's potentially a chance for him to. Would you to, not say though? Be... Would you not say that it's it's just 
quite bizarre that we put such a strong team out in the FA Cup against Manchester City, given that we did have another game on Tuesday against Millwall and then another game the following Saturday. It's a three-game week. I would have thought that that would have been the, the sort of game where Caviero might have come in, but perhaps Marco Silva wanted to make a statement um, and get some plaudits from playing against one of the best teams in the world with with our first 11 out. All right, we, we got done 4-1, but for, for 90 seconds at least, it looked all right, didn't it? Yeah, I actually like that. And I think that's not just Silver, it's the players as well. I mean, a player could easily be like, oh, it's Man City, I don't really feel like playing, let's just sit and recover. No, under this Silver team, if they, they they are begging to start each and every game. They're putting the train, they're putting that extra effort in in training and they want to be in that lineup regardless of who we're playing. And I really like how we just we just set up exactly the same, be it against City, against Millwall. It was all exactly the same style and way there was no going to five at the back and playing that def- and you know parking the bus and trying to play and get city to extra time we just played our game and i really like that and it's something i you know i mentioned earlier that we probably won't play the same style in the prem but i'd like to see us continue at least try and do adopt it adopt it into the prem and you know to make it into a successful system at least and you know i, I don't think fitness concerns them you, you see it all the time i think as fans we like we think too much too deep about things at times in that oh he played two games in a row he can't play a third game mm. but you see what the professionals say all the time professionals or ex- ex-pros that say like football players the fitness is the least they're concerned they just want to play football week in week out like they just want to keep going and I, th- I think this is definitely the case here and unless there's an injury or silver thinks of something differently it'll be the best players playing week in week out yeah yeah I'd I'd Sorry, I was just going to say, I, I, given as well that they're winning games, I think it adds to that. Where you, you see, you saw the sub last night, you know, attacking players instead of your 2 0 up, 3 0 up, you've got attacking players legging it off the bench to get on the pitch to try and score goals instead of what you would normally see at 2 or 3 0 up is players, you know, milking the applause, taking their time to get off, and the players coming on would just sort of slowly walk on the pitch. But but they just they just want to be on that pitch scoring goals. Um, but as as much as I agree, you should be starting your strongest team all the time. There, there's there might be moments where one of those players gets injured, and if you, if your substitutes aren't anywhere near match fitness, that could be a problem. So there needs to be an element of other players starting. Uh, and I'm not not saying I want Cavalera to start, but he you know he's back from injury now, so he's got a role to play in the squad. Um, so. Who knows? We, we might see something from him. I think Harrison Reed comes back in for this one. Personally, I feel like the reason Chalaba was was playing against Millwall was probably more for the physical side of his game and uh, and and his height as well, because Millwall were a big side, and you could see that when they were when they were queuing up for corners and crosses, um, how how tall they were. So I feel like Harrison Reed comes back in for this one, um, and I think that would be the right thing to do, but keep Chalaber in and around the squad because when he does come in, we, we want him fit and we want him firing on all cylinders. And as, as you guys said earlier, he, he was against uh, against Millwall. So, um, But other than that, I think you're right. I, I, I don't see many changes. I don't see Caviero coming in for this one. I think um, I think Cabano plays. Um, but you never know. Um, occasionally, Marco Silva is, um, will, will make a, um, a kind of left field change like that, like, like he did in that Coventry game. Um, uh, when uh, God, who was it? He left out Tosin, didn't he, and left out Seri for for that game. 
um, and that had disastrous uh, consequences that day. But you know, who knows? We're we're only guessing, aren't we? Um, it could it could be any one of a number of things. But I don't see there being too many changes, and I don't see there being a need for too many changes at the moment. To be honest. So let's come on to a score prediction then, lads. What what are you thinking for this one? Well, I said it earlier, and I think it would just be a routine three nil, three one win. I'd love to see us get another clean sheet. It was really big that we got a clean sheet midweek. Um, obviously, we've been battering teams six and seven, but you know, there's been on the other end of that, it's been a two or a one. Um, it was good, particularly for Rodex confidence, and you know, he's had a few dodgy performances lately, just to get that clean clean sheet secured. And I'd like to see that continue. You know, try and go on a bit of a run without conceding a goal. Get that defence that extra shored up and extra, you know, just have that extra layer of uh, confidence applied to them. So yeah, I, I want to say a two-three nil win. Which, which one is it? Two nil, three nil, three one. <laughs> two 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 point five. You know, two point five. Uh, two point five. <laughs> all the bases. Cover all the bases. I, I was, I reckon three. 11, 11, 12, 13. <laughs> yeah, you know, could be, could be that many. <laughs> Answers on a postcard. <laughs> We've, um, yeah, I mean, we, they don't worry me, really, in in the slightest. Um, if they score, I don't think it's going to be, it's going to cause us much trouble. It might be a late cons- consolation, but I can see, us, I can see us getting at least three. Uh, I'm going to say three one, um, just because. I think we, I think we can, we can win every game we play at the moment. Um, and three one's probably quite conservative to be honest, because we've made some daft predictions this season, and we've won seven nil twice. So, you know, there's there's nothing really that's that's over the top. I don't think at this stage. Well, it was Claire that predicted seven nil for the uh, for the Blackburn game and put a bet on it as well. I only stuck a quid on it though, but oh. a tidy little sum back for that. So that, that's a hell of a call, isn't it? That's impressive, that, yeah. It's a call 7-0. Unbelievable. Anyway, all right, gents. Thank you ever so much for that. Good to see you. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening at home. We'll be back on Monday morning with all the fallout from the whole game. Wigo and I are heading up with Danny and his dad, as I said, bright and breezy on Saturday morning. So hopefully we'll be bringing the points home with us. Safe travels to everyone going and see you up there. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Fulham.